Hello and welcome to the PopBreak.com's official Oscars podcast, hosted by Marissa Carpico and Matt Taylor. Everyone. This is Marissa Carpico, the uh, film editor at thepopbreak.com. I am here with a person at uh, thepopbreak.com and my co-host, uh, Matt Taylor. Say hello, Matt. Hi, everybody. And we are here to try to process what just happened uh, on the Golden Globes, which was, uh, in my mind, the most hellish thing that I have had to sit through um, in a year of quarantine. Uh, one of my lowest moments, I would say. I've mostly avoided live things. Um, for this very reason, it was horrifying. Um, we're going to talk about the show generally and then go through some of the nominees. We've both seen most of everything now. I have, for still not, for some reason, still not made time to uh, watch Nomadland yet, just because I, um, you know, I'm hesitant to put something on that would uh, hurt me. Um, <laughs> although I did watch the Golden Globes, so um, you know, I'm not really trustworthy on that. Um, what were your general thoughts on the show, Matt? It was rough. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, if you if you listen to our previous years of doing this, my feelings on the Golden Globes in general are documented as not liking them. And um, and then it was it was funny because I knew they were coming. Like you know, they're they're always lurking. And then all of a sudden, you and I were you and I were talking. I think like less than a week ago. Like, it was literally like three days ago. Yeah. Yeah, and we were like, should we do a podcast episode about like you know the nominees or whatever? And then we we're like, oh wait, it's Sunday. <laughs> like it's like like it it snuck up on us. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. We uh, yeah, I was suggesting we should talk about the the sort of explosive articles coming out of the L.A. Times about. Um, the 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 sort of payoffs uh, and the the fact that the membership is even more limited than everybody realized because it's always mm-hmm. been a secret but you know to hear that it's like basically NBC employees and just like you know they're just using it as a cash cow mostly is uh and there's no there's no there's no black people in 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 the ninety the group of ninety or so people who make up the HFPA is you know it's just a disaster <laughs> it's an utter disaster. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we, it's like the show was today, so there was no need. Yeah. And it was just, you know, throughout the day, I kept thinking, I kept reminding myself, oh yeah, that's today. And then I ended up being bad scheduling and missing the first 30 minutes of it. So it just, you you know, I, I got, (laughs) I, I saw enough from the remaining two and a half hours to know that this was a, a very messy award show. Yeah. Maybe and the even thir- funnier. Of the first 30 minutes were were even worse than what they because they worked out some stuff. So the first 30 minutes were truly the lowest point of my day and and possibly the last year. <laughs> and the, there have been so many low points in the <laughs> past year. Yeah. But no, it's just you know I was talking about it with my roommates because we were just so shocked. But they were they had not watched other award shows before this one. And I was trying to explain how, like, if this was the first award show out the gate, I'd give them a little slack. Because it's like, how do you do this? But, like, there have been multiple award shows already that were fine. So it's yeah. like, like, there's no excuse. This is just, like, a very poorly produced award show that, like, was just had so many moments that were so deeply uncomfortable. And I, I just, I really fully hated it so much. And I hope the Oscars were watching and are like, oh, let's do the opposite of whatever whatever this was. <laughs> yeah. Nothing has ever felt to me less glamorous or what I want from an award show than what we just witnessed. I truly like the eons of time and uh, aching s- silence that passed between the winner being read and people realizing that they were allowed to speak now was uh, I- I'll never, I mean, I'm going to wake up screaming in six months to that, to that memory. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I really think this this award show was a preview to what my t- my eternity in hell will be like. Honestly, it's just me on a Zoom call waiting for Amanda Seyfried to say something awful. I just the the parts that were driving me insane were before each commercial break. 
they would yeah. show the oh, nominees yeah. of the next category all like making small talk and yeah. it'd be like the one nominee who was like really trying to like make conversation work and the other four were just giving them nothing and it, it's just i was like why are they putting these poor actors through this? Oh, God. Like... Well, the thing is, too, they, they they fixed that as the show went on. Initially, for the first couple, there was total silence while those people chit-chatted. And they were all of a sudden told that uh, you're on screen now, there's a camera, people can hear you. And it was like, oh, hi, oh, like just awkward nothing. And eventually they started to have the announcer be like, coming up. So it would like cut through the silence. But the, that, those... Like, te- seriously, that's the thing that's going to give them haunt me forever is yeah. the, like, 10 seconds of, like, Jane Levy and, like, uh, who somebody ho- who was holding up a – there was one person holding up a cat and another person holding up a dog, and they were talking <laughs> about it. And I was like, oh, it was Sarah Paulson and, um, and like, the other TV nominees. And I was like, this is torture. I mm-hmm. cannot – I was screaming at my television. I was like, like I literally started screaming, cut the cameras, cut them, cut the cameras. And like, I just, I had to walk away. It was so horrifying. Um, and you know, it's funny, like I, I, our brands on the show, like you said, like you are not a Golden Globes fan. And I'm usually a Golden Globes fan because I like that they are, you know, everybody's just drunk as shit. And like, sometimes a really cool random winner will happen from a television show. Um and it's like, oh, great. You know, I'm I'm happy she got something. I, I love her or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that just, I don't know. It was, um, it, there was some of that, of course, but the, the show was so labored as a viewing experience that it couldn't be enjoyable even as a sort of train wreck, which is what the Golden Globes are. But mm-hmm. even the train wreck aspect was so train wrecky that it was just like, this is carnage. This is like watching dead bodies. It's like, I, I can't watch, I can't look at this. This is a, this is a slow motion train crash that I have to sit through for three hours. It's brutal. Every, I like, I don't know. Every production choice was so wrong. I mean, we talked about it throughout the show, but the, I, I, I wonder what the experience was like for the each celebrity. Cause there was that moment <laughs> when um, the guy from the uh, Josh O'Connell one from the crown, uh, her playing Prince Charles. And, while he was talking, they cut to Olivia Coleman, like reacting to his speech because she's in the show. And I was like, wait a second. Is this huge Golden Globe nominee Zoom call? Is everybody's camera on the whole time? They can't just like duck out after their categories announced. Like they've got to sit there and react live just in case they get put on camera. And I think that like I, I assumed that they were being warned. But I was like, oh, no, I think everybody is just sitting there and they will cut to you whenever they like. Poor Viola Davis, like she, she couldn't have, <laughs> she couldn't even like, you know, get up and pee or whatever. She, she was on screen the whole time. I swear to God, it was like I, that. Just seems horrible to me. Like, no wonder, like no wonder Frances McDormand said absolutely not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> she she doesn't even like to be there when she has to like be there physically. And they like she's a guaranteed win. I'm sure when she got the invite, she was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. There's no way I'm showing up to this shit. No way. It's just like I kept noticing the spouses of the um of the celebrities like uh Laura Linney's partner I don't know if they're married or not um he like just truly looked so bored the whole time and it was like I get it like it's like like why like you know this is Laura Linney's job like like he should like if I was married to Laura Linney I'd be like no offense but I didn't agree with this when we got married like, like I think. I think the most interesting one is, is one you actually missed, and I, we talked about it a little bit, was um, when Catherine O'Hara won for Schitt's Creek, there was uh, someone sitting next to her, I, I don't know if it's, you know, or a partner, whoever, um, and I guess they must have told everyone, like, he also have, like, some sort of sound plugged in so that you know when we're playing you off, and everybody else seemed to ignore that, but whoever she was with had set up his phone to, at full volume, to play whatever, whatever, whatever music was coming or whatever prompts were coming. And so she started her speech very confused, uh, you know, after the, the typical thing that everyone did of like, am I allowed to talk now? Like what's going on? Um, and the music started playing pretty early and he, he kept it at full volume and she tried to like swat at him to like, I don't know, do something and just be like, come on. Or like, I don't know if she was, you know, she was just freaking out because it was just like, my time is so short. I have so many people to thank. She's swatting at him. She's swatting at the phone. She's swatting at the HFPA. It was like the only 
unintentionally funny thing and all of the discomfort of the night. Well, up to that point, I mean, I mean, I might say of the whole night, but it was like such like perfect comedic thing of like, this is a disaster. I mean, this isn't even like create, like that's the only fun moment that that had come out at that point up till then. I was like, you know, despondent. It was like the end of civilization to me, Um, (laughs) but we should talk about, um, you know, specific moments that we really connected with and, and thought were very good. Um, what was what was your best moment of the night? Um, I mean, the the best moment of the night pretty much were like the two best were the, the Lifetime Achievement Awards for um, Norman Lear and Jane Fonda. I like I thought they did a nice job of doing the presentations. They were good montages of clips highlighting their careers. Um, both of their speeches were pretty good, I thought. Uh, the the Norman Lear was not there. He was video chatting in. And I don't know why, but they kept, like, showing the crowd watching him, like, on video chat. And it was just yeah. so truly bizarre. I'm like, just keep it on him. It's a three-minute speech. Like, just keep the keep the camera on him. But, um, but other than that, I thought both their speeches were great. And those were, like, real highlights of the show for me. But in a, in, a, in a show where it was like, it was hard to really latch on. Those were two moments that I like fully, unironically, deeply enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those two moments I think were bad. Be- I mean, Jane was incredible. We were, we were talking about like um, the, the, when she was listing each of those projects that she had watched this year and, and been moved by. And like, that was the only time that the cuts to other people on the zoom call actually worked because you could see Biola like nodding and like clapping at the like really cheering at the end of that at that speech mm-hmm. or like um Jillian Anderson looking at the screen as we all look at Jane Fonda like <laughs> it was it was that, that was the only time that like experiment of you know let's cut to the zoom call worked otherwise it was a true nightmare every time there was an insert of somebody who is you know tenuously or not connected to whoever was speaking um I think the the best like I think the most like the closest to um, like a a moment or like probably one of the best moments of the night not in a sort of like fun way but in a meaningful way was the um, the speech by um, after Chadwick Boseman won for mm-hmm. uh, Ma Rainey by his uh, you know his wife um, Taylor Simone Ledward uh, it was like incredible I mean. The speech itself was incredible. The fact that he won was incredible. You know, her wherewithal to deliver that speech, honestly, at this point. Um, and then the way everybody reacted to it was, like, so great. And, like, you know, it's it's a horrific thing that she is, you know, having to do this in, in this state of, like, you know, he's not after, – after him passing away, but, like, you know, to handle that, all of the weight of that so well was very mm-hmm. impressive and like really a probably one of the moments that'll stick. It's like those three moments are are probably the moments of the night that work best. Yeah, he, like she really, you know, clearly it was a like it was a beautifully written speech that like must have been prepared on some level, and it mm-hmm. was just like it felt so earned and really, really well done. And I mean, like, you know, we can, ex- he's, he's essentially the front runner in this category, I think, especially yeah. after this. And, you know, it's the sort of thing where I'm like, I almost don't need her to give another speech because this was such a powerful speech. And I'm just mm. like, like, it just, it speaks to so much of what his legacy is. And then, um, and it's, it's such a well-deserved, a well-deserved win. So, you yeah. know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, it was a powerful moment. Yeah. I think, um, on the opposite side, the worst moments of the night were all of the bits. Every bit oh, was yeah. somehow more excruciating than the last. I I think the only one that that maybe charmed me even a little was the Barb and Star one, but it's because they were in the room and it wasn't like a pre-taped thing or some sort of, you know, Zoom exercise and, um, you know, <laughs> just like brutal, brutal attempts at humor. You know, I, I that was maybe the only one that worked, but like, yeah, it was just rough. I mean, I guess the 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 kid one we both hated because we're not we're both not uh, uh, interested in children as, as just like a, an idea or whatever. <laughs> but it it did it it did end on a nice note with the kids all knowing exactly who Chadwick Boseman was after not knowing anything else because it's yeah. like 
you know, it speaks to his legacy, but every, I mean, every bit was so labored. Uh, is there one you hated the most? Um, I will say the one with my Rudolph and Keenan Thompson was annoying, mainly because my Rudolph was one of my favorite people mm-hmm. on the planet. So for any show to make me not want to see her is just like painful to me. Yeah. But um, the absolute worst is the, is the horrid telehealth one. <laughs> that we like what oh. sort of horrible person what's what sociopath oh, in yeah. the writer's room was yeah. like you know what we need to we need to make fun of telehealth during the global pandemic where yeah. like the income inequality has never been greater in causing these these societal problems let's have right. a thing about celebrities being on telehealth that it's like yeah and, and there's that moment at the there's a joke at the moment or at the beginning too that was sort of like you know, because they're like, because they're stars and they're going to do stuff, we got them, at, you know, hell, they, we got them into like some of the best doctors, at, you know, in the country. And I'm like, that's nobody. No, <laughs> like yeah. it's a bit, but nobody is interested in that bit because it's fucking gauche. Like, don't do it. But, if I was one of, if I was a celebrity's publicist and I work in, I work in publicity people. I, I know, I know what I'm talking about. If I got <laughs> um, an email saying like do you want your your representative to be in this this um little bit i would delete that email i'd never bring it up to that <laughs> because it's it's just a, it's a horrible idea <laughs> it's bad uh it's very bad anything i mean yeah that's probably the worst moment of the night i don't think i can't think of anything that would um be be more dystopian than that other than the whole show itself um uh <laughs> There was, you know, people, they did pass out some awards. <laughs> not that, not, it feels like they are more irrelevant than ever. Not just because uh, so many of these movies I'm lukewarm on, but also because, um, I don't know, it's just the pomp and circumstance was was not quite there. And, and some of them, I mean, you know, because the, I mean, we've always said uh, the Golden Globes is known for being eccentric in its nominations and in its wins. and Certainly a lot of the stuff here felt like um, the choices of 90 people, like the consensus mm-hmm. of people, um, like the Borat wins for me are all a little, except for me, Maria Bakalova is, is bizarre to me. Uh, the only thing that actually deserved a win in that whole movie, and it was the one thing that it didn't win, is is utterly bizarre. Um, uh, I, I mean, frankly, any win for Trial of the Chicago 7 to me is a little <laughs> Um, but you know there was some good stuff too Um, what was your favorite win of the night or uh, you know um, yeah favorite win of the night or biggest surprise something like that um you know we're we're a film podcast but I will just say I'm uh thrilled for any Ted Lasso win on in the tv side of things Ted Lasso truly I I was like there's no way this can be as good as people said, and it, it is. It's better and it's wonderful, and everyone should watch it. But yeah. um, but I, we we don't have to talk about Jason Sudeikis' speeches speech. But um, oh god, <laughs> Jesus. But, yeah, but um, in terms of if we're keeping it on the film side, um, I think we can go wide. As you know, we mentioned yeah. in the last one, there's so little going on this year that I think we're allowed to to talk about other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched um, Judas and the Black Messiah yet, but I am happy for Daniel Kaluuya just in general because he's great. And, um, uh, you know, I'm thrilled for, um, what is their name? I'm blanking on their name now, (laughs) which is embarrassing. Um, From what movie? Or what show? Chloe Zhao, I'm sorry. Oh, Chloe Zhao. I was like, who am I thinking of? But um, she gave a really nice speech when she won Best Director, I thought. And, um, you know, she's the first woman since our beloved Barbara Streisand won for Yentl to win the Golden Globe oh. for Best Director. So, you know, a great legacy. Look for, forward to us talking about Yentl, everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, wow. An hour about <laughs> <with> Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a solid 85 minutes on just Mandy Patinkin shirtless near a river. Um, <laughs> wow. Distracting. Um yeah, the Daniel Kaluuya thing. Oh, yeah, you missed that part when he it almost looked like they weren't going to let him speak because there was a um, an issue with the Zoom call was horrifying. And then it, he, you know, he they eventually got him back on. And he was like he was like yelling into the thing like, you're doing me dirty. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is horrifying. Oh, my God. This is the first <laughs> I would, I'd pass out. 
Like, I would totally yeah, yeah. honestly, it's probably good that you missed those first 20 minutes because they were traumatizing. Um, <laughs> good God, it's just wow. a shit show. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, like, um, you know, TV stuff. It's like, I, I didn't watch a lot of television. Well, I didn't watch any of, a lot of good television this year, let's say. I've rewatched much of The Vampire Diaries, which is um, ended four years ago. So, um, you know, I, I was happy for Anya Taylor-Joy because she is so good at everything and I'm sure she's great in that show um and it, this feels like a you know um another step in her uh, road to becoming an A-lister and also she looked incredible like mm-hmm. went somebody write a like Carol Lombard or Veronica Lake biopic so she can star in it already my god um but yeah I mean TV wise it's like I don't know. It looked, it seemed fine. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't watch enough TV to really, to really, uh, to be too invested. I was happy about like, um, uh, what's it called? Um, some of the wins in like, uh, the film categories, like, um, you know, soul winning for, uh, best, best score and best animated, I think like solidifies what we all expected, even though it's like, I don't know. It's not like I would have wanted anything else. I don't know. Um, but, like, I think TV moments that were best were, like, the things with the TV wins, it's, like, they made some really good moments, I guess. Um, you know, everybody winning from the crown was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like every single person who won. Um, and and I, they kept cutting to Olivia Coleman a lot because she's delightful. So, like, they had a lot of excuses to cut to her during those those speeches, which was nice. You know, uh, you know I don't mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I completely agree. I, I have to still catch up with The Crown because um, it is, like, probably the biggest show that I'm not watching. But mm-hmm. um, I love, you know, Gillian Anderson in general is wonderful. Uh, Josh O'Connor seems like a cutie, and I'm happy for him. Uh, everybody should go watch God's Own Country, which I believe is on Amazon Prime, and he's great in it. And, it is, yeah. um, and just there are um, – and I agree also – um, about Soul winning Best Original Score, which did lead to the incredible moment of um, Tracy Morgan pronouncing it Sal, which was just, you know, a real quarantine mood of, like, the number of words I've mispronounced on video chats is, like, astronomical at this point, so I feel that. <laughs> it was such a 30 Rock moment that of, like, I, I you almost wonder that if they, if they talked about it, because it just felt... It just felt like such a thing of like he did he had to have done that on purpose, right? Like there's just no <laughs> way. There's no fucking way. What a delight that was. And like that was the only good time there was like um a fun interaction pre-commercial too, was everybody <laughs> laughing about it and talking about it in the thing of being like, Oh my god, that was so funny. Why did you do that? <laughs> it's great. It's absolutely incredible. Um yeah, uh, let's talk about. So we want we want to talk about um, the basically the top five awards, um, like we usually do in our um, the, and the winner still is podcast where we talk about like picture um, and then the acting categories and the directing categories because I do think I mean obviously those are the biggest ones for um, the Oscars um, and. You know, even though this voting body has nothing to do with anything else <laughs> in Hollywood, <laughs> um, it is for some reason a pretty good precursor award show. So, I mean, if you read those LA Times things, it's like the Golden Globes is meaningless, but it has clout, which is what, which is why it keeps being relevant, realistically. Mm. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about uh, TV-wise before we move on to the movies now? No, Succession wasn't eligible this year. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about that until you've said that. Um, <laughs> my God, I'm surprised you weren't, you know, sent, did you, uh, you know, sending letters to the HFB about, like, you know, how come? Why, why no Succession? Them, nominate them again, just because. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't on this year, but it's fine. Oh, my God. So funny. Um, okay. So the um, we'll start with the we'll, we'll do picture last and we'll, we'll start with the um, the acting awards. Mm-hmm. Um, so best performance because, uh, oh, it's worth noting that they split everything here by um, I mean, you probably know this if you're listening to this podcast, but they split it by 
comedy, comedy, musical, or drama for the categories, unless it's supporting actor, then it's just and supporting role in anything, basically. Uh, I kept trying to explain that to my roommates of like, because yeah. they were like, well, why don't they do that for supporting? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, it's like, I didn't decide this. This is just what they do. I suppose <laughs> it's just because there would just be too large a field, but I don't know. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, why? this is the real question of the season. Why does the HFPA do anything? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a whole list of questions that all begin with the letter Y, or, you know, with the uh, with the word Y. Um, okay, so best performance by an actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. We already talked about it. Daniel Kaluuya won. Um, I'm a little sad for – I was really rooting for um, Leslie Odom Jr. in One Night in Miami for this. I hope – I hope this doesn't make him lose steam in any way because I would really like him to be in the Oscar conversation and possibly win that Oscar because if this is similar to the group that we're eventually going to get, I mean, I th- I just think that performance is like out of this world. Daniel Kaluuya is great in Judas and the Black Messiah, but I do think um, the arc, the, that film is a little structurally um, loose for me. And uh, I think Odom Jr. has a lot more... Uh, well, not a lot more to do, but just has a more complex, possibly, arc to trace than, than Kaluuya might. I still need to watch um, Judas and the Black Messiah, as I mentioned before, so I can't quite comment on, like, the um, who deserves to win. But I do think Leslie Young Jr. is great in One Night, One Night in Miami. Um, and he also has the chance of getting a nomination. For, he'll probably be nominated in both categories for um, Best Original Song as well. So, yeah. um, you know... I do like the idea of him being an Oscar winner in some capacity yeah. um, come April. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I think this makes Kaluuya a very formidable figure in the race, basically, which is exciting. Um, so I just, I love him. And what, what like a, you know, Get Out was what, um, four years ago, five years ago at this point. So it's like, what an incredible rise for, like, it's so hard for young actors, like to win Oscars because they go for the they always love to reward the um the older actors as we as we often talk about ingenues win and then they get forgotten about as they get older and then actors is kind of the opposite and just yeah. what a great like track record for him basically yeah no I think it's great I mean again I think it's also going to um help elevate his career even more I mean it's like you know he's been doing solid work since Get Out um mm-hmm. But I think it'll also push him in an even higher stratosphere. And the same that, like, same way that Mahershala Ali's uh, um, career morphed after he won for Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he was always doing great work, but now it was like he was getting, he's probably getting access and scripts that he wasn't before. Um, best performance by an actress in a supporting role. Um, uh, Jodie Foster won. Uh, Beating Glenn Close, who who <laughs> no didn't throw a vase on camera, but I do hope is drinking heavily at this moment. Um, uh, and also ab- above our beloved Amanda Seyfried um, in Mank, which is um, I don't know a little disappointing. I mean, who knows how this will bear out, you know, in the Oscar race? But I'm a little I, I am a little surprised of this group that it's Jody, um, even though it was like I will say what a what a thing to see her uh, on her couch with her wife saying wife and like being totally open um in that speech when like a few years ago she got fucking slammed for not even sort of admitting any queerness you know what i mean yeah it was just total 180 and we we honestly love to see it i don't even mean that in like a mean way like it's like genuinely incredible (laughs) (laughs) it was just funny for me because i had vaguely been aware of this film which name i can't remember the mauritanian Um, yes and um, I knew it more, as I mentioned to you privately, as like the thing Shailene Woodley was in, and she's been in the press lately because she got engaged to Aaron Rodgers, um, <laughs> and they're both they're both hippies basically. Yeah. So um, Jody thanked Jody thanked Aaron Rodgers in her speech right at the end there. He thanked her when he won, I don't know, Athlete of the Year or whatever. Oh, and, at the ESPYS, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just people were like, "Why did you thank Jody Foster?" <laughs> but, um, <laughs> which I would love to know that answer, but. Um, Maybe just, she set him and Shailene up. Who knows? I don't know. I love that for everyone involved. But um, I just, <laughs> at that point, like, I was only like half tuning in to at the best supporting actress because I was like, oh, like Maria Bakalova from Borat was like mm-hmm. submitted in lead at the Golden Globes, but isn't supporting in the Oscars. And I think she's probably going to win the Oscars. So I was like, I only half care what goes on 
here because I don't think you'll actually be a precursor. And then I heard Jodie Foster and then a movie with an M in the title. And I was like, they just had The Mandalorian. Is she like in The Mandalorian? And like, I somehow was not aware because I don't watch The Mandalorian. Yeah. And it was a real whirlwind, basically. But uh, I love Jodie Foster, so good for her. I'm happy for her. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch this movie now. Yeah, well, I had an opportunity to do a, a press thing for it, but I had like already filled up my schedule at that point, and I was I might have still been in post-election um, uh, inability to do anything. <laughs> so, and I do it right now, not just getting that screener because it I didn't I you know I I had never I mean it seemed interesting. It just you know I get so many screeners I just never realized. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it is a bad sign for Amanda Seyfried though. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I really you know if she wasn't gonna win this, if she doesn't if she didn't win. And this and it's like there's no momentum and like Bakalova, you know, <laughs> like uh, when when she lost, uh, whoever won was it? Yeah, Rosamund Pike was like basically did you know Adele Adele at the Grammys and like you know Beyonce <laughs> did the best album of the year and she was like she, the first thing she did was shout out uh, Maria Bakalova. So we'll see. Um, and I doubt that's not like I care a lot is going to make it to the Oscars for fuck's sake. Like I had fun with that film, but it, it's not that it's a pulp. Nothing. Um, <laughs> best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen won uh, and gave an obnoxious speech. Um, <laughs> this this whole I'm sorry. I just had no patience for it. This whole category was a nightmare. Andy Samberg should have won. That was the only acceptable option. Lynn, Lynn is fine in Hamilton. I don't think he should have sung it, but it's also a Broadway show film. That's I I don't on principle I don't under, I'm not giving it any attention. Yeah, so, it's insane it's, that it was there. Get out of here! <laughs> Come on, like I know there's nothing on, but please get out get out of here. Um, yeah, it's a shame Andy Samberg didn't win because of that group. He's the only um acceptable choice. Thoughts? No, yeah, totally agree. I mean, like. Uh, you know, I think Sasha Baron Cohen is like, I don't know, I, we, both, we both don't like Borat. I think like what he's doing is like technically good acting, but I'm just like, like he did it in what, like 2007, 2006? It's like, yeah. like, you know, there's nothing new here necessarily. And um, yeah, Andy Sandberg is the only one to, for me that I, it's like, it's very clear he should have gotten it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, my beloved. The only good thing was getting to see Isla Fisher sitting next to Sasha Baron Cohen being, you know, as always being, giving a solid supporting performance as, as the wife. (laughs) And also it made me realize, I'm like, Oh, Sasha Baron Cohen is good looking. And I, I I hadn't thought about this in a while. And it it was, it was an interesting thing to process. Yeah. It's funny that he, I mean, it's, it's almost like he's been playing against type his whole career, like playing these, you know, ghouls essentially grotesques, if you will. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you leave him to his own device, he's, he's hot. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, let's get real. <laughs> let's let's have an honest and open conversation about the fact that Sasha Baron Cohen is hot. I will always wish, like, you know, what would the alternate dimension have been like if he got to make his Freddie Mercury movie his way? And it's just like, yeah. you know, maybe we could have been saved from so many bad films. <laughs> he probably, he, I'm sh- you know, it's like, he's, I think and part of that was because he wanted to make it more queer, wasn't it? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. thing. Oh, well. Um you know, we live in the worst timeline, in case anybody was, wasn't aware of that after watching that Golden Globes. Um, best performance by an actress in a motion picture. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, Rosamund Pike won looking her. I would say her setup. It was probably the best of the night because she was in that giant red dress and they had she had those two like parallel wall lights behind her. I mean, hers. She looked like she was on a set and was still shocked when she won, because I, I mean, I don't think I was surprised when she won because I thought it would be. Bakalova or um, Andy Taylor-Joy from, like, Queen's Gambit, uh, you know, Shine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, I thought for sure Maria Bakalova was going to win. And I'm sh- I'm still kind of shocked she did not. It just That's such a Golden Globes, like, win yeah. to me, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I Care A Lot is absolutely a Golden Globes movie. It's, 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 it's star. I mean... It's just a bunch of like very good actors chewing through scenery in a sort of mediocre to not very like completely forgettable film, you know. Um, and I thought it was fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a glowing review for you. Yeah, I'm one of its defenders. You know what I mean? yeah. not, and barely so. I'm like, yeah, it's. I mean, it's real problematic. It's not good. Um, <laughs> but I had a nice time. 
um, but yeah, I don't know. It was a shame that Bakalova didn't win. I really was. Uh, she deserves it. You know, Rosamund mm-hmm. Pike said it, and Rosamund Pike is an ally. Um, okay, True. so she knows what she's doing. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like she was one of the few people of the night with that, the, with her setup that it was like, thank you for giving us something to look at and enjoy. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, we talked a little about a little bit about it earlier, but uh, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. Chadwick Boseman, Boseman won for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, th- there's some really good performances in this. I mean, again, we both of us have not seen the Mauritanian. Um, and I, you know, I think in any other year, Riza Med would have a really good chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this just solidified that it's like this is Boseman's year um, for many reasons. You know, I, I, it, and even I think if he had, uh, if he had, if he had still been alive, this performance is so good that he would still be in the conversation and probably be a front runner. It's just, like, Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, and just like, I don't know, it's just underlines what a loss it is. Um, but I'm glad like, you know, he's getting the attention. Um, anything else you want to say before we move on? I mean, we've already talked about that incredible speech. Yeah. I'll echo what you said about Chadwick Boseman. It's like a very well-deserved win. I will say uh, I'm still bummed that Delroy Lindo is just not mm. showing up anywhere this year he also missed yeah. the sags and it's it's just insane to me and um also i i will give a plug because it, it is actually um i mean technically in theaters if people are willing to do that but it'll be on vod by the end of um march uh the father is at really worth seeking out i thought it would be sort of like an oscar bait sort of like a sony picture classics oscar bait sort of thing <laughs> but it's like much more like complex and dark than i thought it would be and like Anthony Hopkins is really excellent in it. So, like, I definitely recommend people seek that out because it's, again, Chadwick Boseman is deserving this this run, but, like, there are there's a lot of good work going on here, and Anthony Hopkins is really is giving a really good performance that I hope people don't, like, miss because, I don't know, I feel like it has this sort of reputation as being, like, you know, the the film that senior citizens would watch in, in another life, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, so our demographic, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, me, in and another world. <laughs> Yeah, in another world, you and I are at the, um, like, the... Um, on the Upper West, or on the yes. Upper West Side, yeah, near Lincoln Center, watching it at one of the theaters, absolutely, that is true. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is absolutely true. You, me, and everybody in the AARP in that area, basically. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny that, you know, usually you and I sit here bitching about, like, are actors worth worth uh, talking about ever <laughs> this year of course we're like oh, shame there's so many good actors this year yeah. <laughs> what a twist Truly, okay, 20, wow. 2020 keeps surprising us <laughs> every moment is a surprise um best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama um the, the winner was uh andre day for um uh, the united states versus billy holiday which just came out on hulu this weekend um uh and she one against some heavy hitters. I mean, this is a big category that will probably look almost exactly like this for the Oscars. Um, uh, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Uh, We've talked about before that Carrie is probably, I don't know, uh, our favorite, but I will say I watched um, this film uh, United States versus Billie Holiday over the weekend, and it's, it's not, people are not liking it very much, and I see everything it's got structural issues. You know, Lee Daniels' films are always kind of a mixed bag of, like, Baroque melodrama, which I love, but also um, somewhat formless or, or confusing writing, I would say. Or, you know, mm. structural-wise, structural, structural um, uh, rather than, you know, dialogue or anything like that. But I think Andre Day is, gives an incredible performance in that film. I was blown away. I mean, she's acted in a couple of things before. Um you know, bit parts mostly, and then, like, you know, performance films of her own music. But, man, I was fucking blown away by that performance. I was so impressed by it, because I just didn't, I don't know, I didn't expect it, and also the reviews for that movie are so bad that I just assumed it was a total fucking train wreck. Um, (laughs) But it's actually, uh, you know, there's really good costuming and lighting and stuff, and she's very good in it. So, you know, I actually do hope that she gets into the Oscars conversation, and uh, I still haven't watched Nomadland yet, but I would not be angry with an Andre Day win. I wouldn't be mad at any of these women winning. They're all icons, every single one, frankly. Yeah, uh, I haven't watched. Um, it's the United States versus Billie Holiday is the title. Um, 
I had not watched it yet because again, I just like when I realized it was on streaming, I'm like, oh shit, like that's this weekend. But um, uh, I am very curious, and it's it's interesting because we talked in our last episode a few weeks ago now about how you know Viola, Francis, Carrie, and um, Vanessa are all basically locked, and it's like who will be the fifth slot? And we were talking like, could it be Amy Adams? And I kind of like that, like you know, this has made Andre Day this new. Mm-hmm. front runner and if like you know if someone has to be nominated for a poorly reviewed film whether it be one of them or even you know zendaya and uh malcolm and Ooh. marie like at least you know i think from what you've said and from every like even the negative reviews have said Andre is like really wonderful in this film and it's not like a an offensive film on the, on the level of like hillbilly elegy so it's like cool like I'd love to see her get this nominate, like take that fifth slot, basically. So yeah. this is an interesting thing to bounce up her, um, her, like, um, aura, basically. Yeah, her buzz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, truly, Billy, the United States versus Billy Holiday, even with its flaws, is worth at least fifteen hillbilly elegies. <laughs> you know, maybe that may be a conservative estimate. It truly, <laughs> like, if I had to watch one ever again. I'd watch United States versus Billy Holiday over and over again rather than ever see a moment of Hillbilly Elegy again. And it, mm. you know, it, this versus Billy Holiday is about systemic racism, racism and addiction for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, let's move on to Best Director, um, which is probably going to be pretty close to what the Oscars look like. I, I'm not sure about Regina though. I, someone might push her out of there. Who knows? I mean, I hope Regina's in. I don't know. Uh, we talked about it. <laughs> I hope Aaron Sorkin gets pushed out if any of these people have to get like it's like every time they say Aaron Sorkin's name I'm like how do, how is he making this cut like what's going on <laughs> I feel my whole body rejected every time his name is spoken when he was speaking his little king speech I was like get eat shit I don't care um <laughs> he's surrounded by 85 people get over it you're not Kate Hudson <laughs> <laughs> God, ima- imagine them talking Kate Hudson and Aaron with, with their like giant bubbles of people. <laughs> yeah. You know, at least Kate Hudson has is related to celebrities. Who is like, you know, her her little group. It was like, oh, what a wonderful group of people to look at. What, like Kurt Russell, there he is. Goldie Hawn, wonderful. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin and like, who cares? Um, <laughs> just truly, uh, I want my family to be as supportive of my absolute failures as <laughs> Kate Hudson's family is about the worst reviewed film of her career. <laughs> the worst reviewed film of her career that has been called like it's nobody likes it except well except for the 90 members of the HFPA. They're the only people <laughs> who like it. Nobody even saw it. It's been out overseas for like six months and it just came out on VOD. Nobody is purchasing it. I like. I won't even give money. And, like, you know, I want something to ridicule at all times, but it's so problematic. I don't want to give it any money. It's like, <laughs> do we think Goldie Hawn has watched it? Let's let's be honest. Do we think Goldie Hawn has watched I, I think, it? I think there's absolutely – look at all that family and that pod. They have absolutely sat down opening weekend. The second it was on Amazon, and all watched it together. Are you kidding me, Matthew? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure – there they double featured ways. that and uh, Christmas Chronicles 2 over the Christmas break. They had the screener for one and then uh, the Netflix for the other. And they watched them both all together. There's no way they, the whole family hasn't had to sit through that, which is truly cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, I would have paid to be in that room. I would have paid <laughs> to be a fly on that wall in that room. But I cannot imagine a, an experience more horrific than double featuring <laughs> Christmas Chronicles 2 and music with 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 the Kate Hudson extended universe family. I cannot imagine. <laughs> like they should have just aired that instead of the Golden Globes because that's a nightmare that would be at least fun to watch. Truly, um, truly, and then people would see sing so or music or whatever it's called. No, I think it's called music, isn't it? Yeah, Sing is, is the animated one. Is that animated um, one? I don't know. I've seen neither of them, and I probably will never <laughs> see either of them. So. Sing, Sing one is okay. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So, yeah, Chloe Zhao won for uh, Nomadland. I mean, this is pretty much just solidifying what everybody kind of is thinking at this point. Um, it's kind of Chloe Zhao's uh, award to lose at this point, which is like – 
the biggest fucking thrill. I haven't seen the movie, but on principle, I'm thrilled at the idea of like a woman of Asian descent winning best director, you know, being like one of the only, you know, joining the most elite club in, in mm-hmm. holistically. Um, but yeah, uh, any thoughts on, on that other than, uh, or else you want to move to the best picture categories? Uh, no, I think she, you know, it's a well-deserved win. I think she's doing really, really great work. Uh, I'm extremely excited for her career in general. Uh, you know, like maybe it's the WandaVision hype, like helping me with like Eternals is something that I truly can't wait to see, especially since the buzz has been so positive on it where I'm just Mm -hmm. like, cool. Like this is a great, you know, the Oscars are all about narrative as we always talk about. And this is a great narrative of her winning. So yeah, she's definitely got the narrative behind her. I, boy, do I, that I was, just thinking, I I hope if one division isn't rated nominated for everything at the Golden Globes next year, I will forsake it live on this podcast. I really will <laughs> permanently. <laughs> every if, if if there's not a person at least at least two people in every single category from one division, I mean the supporting actress category is going to be all one division, frankly. Like it, it we're I'm gonna I'm gonna publicly disavow the the Golden Globes on this podcast, and y'all can hold me to that. You know. I mean. Podcast. It's a good time to announce that after and the winners of the season three, we're pivoting to the Catherine Hahn podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I think you know, like, obviously Catherine Hahn should should win everything. We're gonna just we're just gonna go through her filmography as if she were you know, uh, you know, one of the the directors or whoever that always get that always happens to. We're just gonna go through Catherine Hahn's entire filmography from from rom com to rom com, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is really what we've always wanted. Let's get honestly, yeah, like. <laughs> Catherine, uh, if you're listening, come on the pod. <laughs> oh my God, please. We can, well, like, we'll talk about what it's like to gaze at, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Rachel Weisz. Rachel Weisz with, 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 like, speaking for a whole generation of people. My God. Um, <laughs> all right. We, Catherine, come on the pod. Uh, best motion picture, musical, or comedy? Um, once again, a horror show of, of choices. Um, Borat. Subsequent movie film, Hamilton, music, Palm Springs, The Prom. I don't think, I think we can say with almost complete confidence that not a single one of these is going to be nominated for Best Picture, even with the expanded 10. I, I really would be shocked. I, it, Borat's the sort of thing where the buzz is so right. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I forgot if I actually said this on the pod last time, but like my parents who did not see the first <laughs> Borat film, are what? obsessed with Borat. Like, what? they thought Bor- Borat's subsequent... They, they've since watched it, but they, in 2006, oh. they have not seen the first one. And, like, probably were only vaguely aware of it. They watched Borat's subsequent movie film because, you know, of the news around it. Yeah. Loved it so much. Are obsessed wow. with it. Talk about it all the time. Um, it has been the basis of most of my conversations with him. <laughs> and um, they do not know I, don't, I didn't like it because I don't want to get into a debate with him. Yeah. And, um, Sometimes you just got to let them, you know, like uh, <laughs> let that cow walk out to pasture and chew, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <Have> your own thoughts. <laughs> but I, so, you know, like my parents are the similar age, I think to most of the academy and yeah. i i just i wouldn't be shocked if borat like i don't i'm not predicting it but if borat yeah. showed up in best picture i wouldn't be shocked like yeah. it'd be like this makes sense weirdly no you actually make a great point because it it clearly the pe- people in the i mean i'm not calling the hfpa industry let's say but like well actually they are hired by nbc so <laughs> i guess they are <laughs> um people within in the industry clearly like that film considering it won big big awards this this for this award show podcast or this for this show um and you know i thought the cohen um speeches were obnoxious but everybody else seemed to like them and you know (laughs) bakalova is still i think the best performance of the of the supporting actress season so you're probably right that might sneak in um i'll be horrified and upset but you know this is not a good year let's just say it uh again as i've said many times (laughs) realistically um so best motion picture drama winner was nomadland uh the father mank promising young woman and the trial of the chicago seven i think all of those are probably going to make it into the the best picture category as well honestly Mm -hmm. Um, yeah sounds about right 
Yeah. And I mean, at this point, it's like, I do think, again, it's Nomadlands to lose. What are your thoughts? The only one I could see, maybe, because Nomadland really does seem like the frontrunner, but mm. I can see Minari, of all things, which is oh, ineligible cool. in this category. The I Like, that movie has been building such great buzz at just the right time. People mm-hmm. really love it. Mm-hmm. Like, I like you know um I my, I was talking to my to my boyfriend who's not very online and also does not really watch that many movies during it and he actually the only one he's seen is Minari because he heard such good things about it and he mm-hmm. rented it on VOD or whatever and um it's like you know this movie is getting into people's you know on people's radar who don't necessarily totally keep track of like the Oscar race and everything like that and it's like I just I think it's so lovable and so well done that I I think it could sneak in there and like get a last minute momentum. But again, it, we're still, you know, the Oscars is in April. So it's like, I have no idea exactly what the, how this buzz will shake off. But I've just seen this year buzz for movies can really just like evaporate yeah. so fast yeah. where I, I just think it's building momentum at just the right time. But I yeah. do think as of right now, no Land's like has a really good chance opening. Yeah, I mean, the Minari thing, it's like, it is the, it started, I mean, in an odd way, the the Golden Globes botching um, the categorization of it did almost put it, uh, help put it in front of people's faces more, or like, make people more aware of it, you know what I mean? Like, because that, Mm -hmm. that upset sort of um, extended beyond just film Twitter, you know, it became this bigger thing. I mean, people I, I follow or, or like, you know, there were articles about it outside of people who are just about film, just write about film or like, and, and it's also just, I mean, it's also hitting in a moment where anti, anti-Asian sentiment in America is, is sort of a, a talking, I mean, we're all talking about it because there's so many violent, you know, hate crimes happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it all, the film is sort of, doesn't necessarily speak to that directly, uh, because it's almost more about like the the difficulty of the immigrant experience, even though it is like so um, specifically an Asian Im- immigrant experience, um, mm-hmm. and like a Korean uh, immigrant experience. Like you know, my my grandparents are Filipino, but so much of this resonated with everything I've known about them. So or I knew about you know I'm I they were alive for a lot of my my childhood. So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that I think Minari does when it's actually in the field, as it should be. Um, and honestly, either one of those would be such a thrill as a winner. I mean, really, mm-hmm. uh, they're both like. I still haven't seen Nomadland, but I, I would be shocked if I don't like it or think it's bad. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think movies about the American experience is this sort of like this uh, crushing thing of late stage late stage capitalism is is like. What a thing to have uh, this year. Um, you know, it just seems like the right time, which is, you know, uh, I, and I think the only like major uh, contender possibly that would threaten either one of them uh, would maybe be Trial of Chicago 7, just because people seem to really like that film for whatever reason. I don't know why. I mean, it's fine. You know, I actually didn't hate it, but I just, you know, I, I think that would be the major one because it it is the... It is the traditionally Oscar-y film, and a lot of people in the industry seem to like it, which is, you know, worrisome. I just, I, I basically, I'm just hoping it doesn't green book it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting in the way that like Netflix, when they started making films for Oscar consideration, it was like we have Roma, which is this like black and white epic film um, mm-hmm. from Mexico, and then um, you know Irishman, which like is a little more conventional, but it's still like a three and a half hour mob movie that most studios wouldn't make. So it's like they were doing these things that were like slightly outside the box. And then this year it's like, we're like, you got Mank and you got Chicago seven and they're your grandpa will love them. And it's like, that's like, it's, it's funny how much that's their narrative right now. And um, I found Chicago seven incredibly forgettable. Um, I think Mank is like, slight if I, if I had to watch one again I would pick Mank but like I'd rather watch literally anything else <laughs> again and um I really you know it'd be a bummer because I mean you know last year with Parasite when we were like this is such a new exciting chapter for mm. the academy and you know 
I want them, there to be another exciting winner. I don't want it to be like a, a you know, Green here's Man. a boring movie. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I mean, the well, the <laughs> Parasite winning was the last great moment we experienced as a society. Um, mm-hmm. It's true. Truly, like the the last great moment. You know, I remember I actually um I went to a theater to watch the show. Um, one of the mm-hmm. local theaters for me did a you know dinner and uh dinner and watch the oscars on a big screen kind of thing and i went and uh there was trivia and you could win shit um and there was a couple next to me who get successively drunker as the night went on and were you know really rooting for once upon a time in hollywood to win and uh, best picture and, and at one point said like i didn't think parasite was that good oh um, no yeah i was like oh no i think about that all the time um because i was like and then when Parasite won, they were like dis- visibly disappointed while the rest of the audience was throwing shit in the air because we were just so fucking thrilled. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, oh, those little those little yuppies are really, <laughs> really disappointed tonight, aren't they? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like the last like this is the last time I've been in a group of people. Basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be nice to experience something like that, even if I'll have to experience it. From, I mean, honestly, I was at home alone dicking around on twitter when um moonlight won and i will never forget that experience i mean that was incredible yeah it was wonderful and like you know i just i love when the it like it's funny as i started following the oscars more um like like as a race basically from like you know 2008 on Mm -hmm. um you know the highs and lows of your reactions they're they're formative like i still remember like the exact reaction to so many of the best picture winners and you know the thrill of parasite winning and that was on my birthday and i just remember standing right. up like on my couch like and you're like holy shit and um i you know it'll be hard you know um no matter what i think with whatever wins because this year has just been so weird and i don't like you know i don't think that there's anything that'll make me like stand up on my couch and be like holy shit but like I want to, you know, be like, this is a well-deserved win by the end, and I'm, I'm really hoping we get there. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think we've talked about that before. About none of these, not, not, nothing really has energized me this year in the way that something usually does, you know. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Shame. I, again, I maybe Nomadland will knock my, you know, glasses off. And Minari's great. Minari is great. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's like. I think part of it is the usually I would have seen those things a lot earlier before the the buzz sort of was constant. So mm-hmm. like, I didn't get to be surprised by anything this year. And that just like, I don't know, some of the fun of it. So, I mean, it, it's just a weird year. Again, it's it's the it's the kind of year that future us, you know, or the the alternate universe versions of us in 20 years who are doing the podcast doing, and the winner still is podcast. will look at this year and be like, oh, God, what a group. Um, but yeah, is there anything uh, else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, not anything major. Just you know, uh, watch watch Palm Springs. It's wonderful and like deserve more. Like Sandra O's little segment introducing it, I was like, I should watch Palm Springs again. Like that's that was my main takeaway. There's so many things I have to watch, but I should watch Palm Springs again. The horrifying thing of you saying that is that the only the first thing that came to mind of things to recommend for that I'm excited about is, is to rewatch is to tell people to watch the Vampire Diaries, which really should give you a, a picture of my mental state at this moment in time, everyone. Um, <laughs> all right. We're all going uh, through a lot, people. It's yeah. it's quarantine. Yeah. Just just imagine me at sunrise, having not slept in about nearly 24 hours, listening to the the or watching the, the the season the series finale of the vampire diaries again in bitterness um and that's a that, that gives you a picture of it um okay so we're going to come back who knows um pro- probably when the sags happen i would think um mm-hmm. when is that? Any... i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say <laughs> I have no idea uh when the sags are for this year uh you know those on the pod who are screaming at your you know <laughs> at your earphones at the moment uh, we apologize for not being better but like you know i'm watching the vampire Diaries again. i don't i'm not stable um <laughs> so, um we'll be back for that most likely um uh or you know we'll probably come back to wrap up some of the um uh the the like dga and stuff like that um if those take place 
anytime soon or you know who knows we'll just lump them together i don't know but we'll be- definitely be back in late april for the actual oscars um both when they release the nominees and when they um announce the winners um and however we're watching those um anything else you want to plug for now matthew uh follow me on letterboxd uh you know movies movies are fun and i i've been watching way too many of them to cope with existential stress so yeah. validate me <laughs> <laughs> Validate me. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I am on um, uh, <clears throat> I'm on Letterboxd and Twitter and everywhere at Marissa Carpico. I'm sure I'll have some stuff um, coming up movie review wise. Um, trying to dive back into doing at least once one a week. I think uh, I believe this week I'm going to have um, Stray. Stray is the name of the film. It's a documentary about stray dogs. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's what it's about. Um, look out for that by the end of the week. You know, I'm sure I'll have other stuff coming. And yeah, that's everything. Thank you for listening, everyone.